friends to the Wow Bible Podcast, a podcast which aims to show you that the Bible is alive and active. In each episode, I will share a passage in the Bible that God used to speak to me that truly left me saying wow. Come join in as I speak about how God used the Bible to strengthen me and teach me in ways that make you say wow too. I am so excited to welcome you to the first ever episode of the Wow Bible Podcast. In today's episode, I'll share how God used a passage in the Bible to show me how to start a revival and how Exodus 2 made me say wow. Recently, I have been looking into stories of missionaries in the past who have lived and worked at a time of a great revival, when God was revealed so evidently in the nations that people were coming to God in mass. I was looking into the life of John Wesley, who was an evangelist and the leader of the revival movement within the Church of England. After looking at his life, I came to another time in history where there was again an outpouring of revival. This story really touched my heart, and the core of this message of this podcast comes from this special story. In 1940, a professor named Professor Orr took a group of theology students to see the house of John Wesley. He gave them a tour of John Wesley's house. He showed them where John Wesley would have cooked, dined and where he would spend his time. He then took them to his study and showed them his books and even his own writings had been preserved. And the students looked at all of this and soaked it all in and they were so amazed at everything that they saw. Then the professor took them to John Wesley's bedroom. The students climbed up the stairs and stood at this very small room. As they were all stood there, one of the students saw something unique. He pointed out two small, well-worn patches right beside the bed. He asked his professor what this could be. Professor Orr explained that these two patches are where Wesley would have knelt down to pray, not for one hour or two hours, but for hours and hours, praying for a revival to happen across the world. Wesley had prayed for so long that the marks of his knees had imprinted themselves and made the carpet fibres worn out. The students heard this and stood there for a while in awe. After the tour, Professor got the students ready to get onto the bus to take them to the next destination. But when the professor counted, there was one student missing, so he decided to go back to the property to look for the student. He looked at the living room, the study and in the kitchen, but the student wasn't there. The professor then climbed up the stairs and as he did, he could sense that the missing student was inside that room. As the professor entered the room, he saw the student kneeling down in those well-worn patches with his hands outstretched to heaven, praying, Do it again, Lord. Do it again. This time, will you start with me? The professor quietly walked up, tapped the student on the shoulder and told him it was time to leave. Friends, the first crucial part of starting a revival is a desire. The student had a desire for revival, enough to kneel down in faith and pray, do it again, Lord, do it again, like he did in the time of John Wesley. Do you know who this student was? Professor Raw took Billy Graham to the house of John Wesley that day, and it was Billy Graham that knelt down and prayed this prayer. If you look back in history, you can see that God did do it again. This time, God did it through the life and ministry of the young student called Billy Graham, who, with an unquenchable desire in his heart, prayed, Do it again. God surely answered his earnest prayers, and Billy Graham is known as the greatest evangelist of the 20th century. Through this, 
God show me that the first part of starting a revival is a desire. I'll be explaining three more things in this episode, but as this is the first ever episode, let me introduce myself. My name is Princey Biju. I'm 22 years old and I'm currently studying medicine in London. I have been a Christian my whole life and I have been so privileged to have God-fearing parents that taught me about Jesus from as long as I can remember. This meant I went church every Sunday and I really don't think I've ever missed one in my life. I have heard so many men and women of God speak to us in regular church meetings and conferences. I'm sure some of you can relate, especially if you've been raised in a Christian home. Growing up listening to preachers, I spotted a reoccurring theme very early on. Most preachers, before they give their testimony, they would briefly describe how they came to faith and how they decided on doing ministry. I found that a lot, if not all of them, described how they were hesitant to the calling of God. I was always so shocked at this. The thought of serving the God Almighty fascinated me, and I truly did believe it's the best thing a person could do with their life. I started to feel a bit annoyed that God was calling people that didn't want to work for him. And I found that even in the Bible, God kept calling people that were against him. He chose Moses who murdered a man and refused to speak before Pharaoh. He called Paul when he was plotting to kill Christians. And in Isaiah 65 1, God says, I revealed myself to those who do not ask for me. I was found by those who do not seek me. And to a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I. I brought this up with one of my friends and she explained to me about how God sees the desires of her heart more deeply than we do. She also gave me a reference from the Bible. This is when Exodus 2.11 made me say wow. When Moses saw his people getting beaten, he felt compassion for them. It was on his heart to save them. In Exodus 2.11, it shows how Moses went and killed an Egyptian when he saw him fighting with his people. Although without the guidance from God, he went about it in a wrong way, God still saw his desire. God saw the desire of Moses and did great things through him just as soon as he had a good desire in his heart to save the Israelites. I pray that this episode will encourage you to pray for a desire for a revival in this nation. And if you do want God to use you, the second part of starting a revival is turning that desire into action and showing up. Revival can start with you if you have the commitment to show up and be proactive and take every opportunity to share the gospel and work to be seen by God and not people. Our society teaches us to publicize all our work and share all our achievements on social media, even when it's to do with working for God. Working for God could and should mean that only God is the one watching us. Those sleepless nights that you spend working for the advancement of the gospel does not need to be seen by others. One day, God will reward us and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Friends, those seven words from God is far better than getting known and being congratulated by humans. If you want to see a revival in your land, be kingdom-minded. Don't work to be known in this world and to make your own name known by the name of Jesus. I once had a very close friend of mine say that if only she had a lot of followers, then she could represent Christ amongst them and through her influence, she could bring them to Christ. Although her heart was in the right place, this reminded me of the passage in the Bible that says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Luke 16, 10. I pray that you don't fall into this temptation and this deception that you need to be an influencer or a person with a great number of followers to be able to serve God. If God has entrusted you with little, be faithful with the little you have. 
If you never do anything with even the little you have, it really just shows you that you'll be dishonest with much too, as said in this Bible verse. Before anyone wrote books on John Wesley and before anyone went to visit his home, John Wesley spent a considerable amount of time alone, kneeling down on the floor only to be seen by God. He spent so long praying for revival that there were patches on the floor where he knelt down. If you want a revival in your land, then take inspiration from the life of John Wesley. Kneel down and ask God to do it again like he did in the past. The final point that I want to make comes from the passage in Acts 1.8, which says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of this earth. Jesus first told his disciples to work where they lived, to preach to their neighbours, to preach to the people of Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. If you have a burden in your heart for the people, before you pack your bags and leave the country, start where you are. Start with leaving tracks at the doorstep of your neighbours. Start with a pure desire to serve, and surely God will make a way for you to preach to the ends of this earth, if that is your desire. I say this because I see this in my own life. At the age of 17, I went to Bible college along with my university degree. And at the age of 19, I started my online ministry. I really do believe that the Bible is alive and active. I really do believe that everything that's written in the Bible will come to pass, and it is true. But preaching to the ends of this earth did seem impossible. But when I looked at the analytics of this podcast, I was so amazed at how this has reached and were heard by people in the UK, India and US. But what surprised me more was when I saw Philippines, Malaysia and even Trinidad. I said this to show you that God does keep his promises, however impossible it may be to you. And also, if you're listening from these countries, then I also want to remind you that you're ambassadors of Christ in this country. I cannot imagine what could possibly happen if just one person from each of these countries will kneel down and pray this prayer with me for your own country. For a wave of revival to happen in our lifetime. I so hope and pray that you do this today and for the years to come. I'm going to close today's episode with a recap. The first part of starting a revival is a desire. As we see in the life of John Wesley and Billy Graham, they had a desire for revival. And if you have the same desire, I want to remind you that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. What he's done in the past, he can do again now. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, as said in the Bible. Pray to God to strengthen and equip you to be laborers in his harvest field. I pray that you feel uncomfortable with just being a nominal namesake Christian. I hope this podcast will encourage you to pray to align your desires with the desires of God. If you are struggling to see if your desires are from God, bring them to God in prayer. Be mindful that desires from God will be kingdom-minded. It will be to make the name of Jesus known, rather than to gain followers, subscribers, fame, money and to make your own name known. You need to find your own place on the floor and pray that God will do it again in this land. I believe that when we pray, the answer may not come today or tomorrow or maybe not even in a decade, but it will come to pass one day. Every prayer, every tear that you shed in the presence of God will never go in vain. And finally, start working now. Take every opportunity to spread the gospel. The disciples started where they lived and then God made a way for their gospel to reach the ends of this earth. I'll close with the words from Bible. Matthew 24:14. When the good news about the kingdom has been preached all over the world and told to all nations, the end will come. 
I hope this episode was a blessing for you and I would love for you to join the next episode too. In the next episode, I'll be speaking about how to know your calling and the passage in the Bible that God used to confirm my calling. If you're a person that has a desire to serve God, yet you're unsure of your calling, or if you're struggling to see how God could use someone like you, then please tune in to the next episode. I'll be speaking about how God called me and how he encouraged me to be bold despite all my weaknesses. Thank you so much for tuning in, my friend. I hope this was a blessing for you. And if this has encouraged you, please do consider sharing this to a friend and leaving a rating. If you would like Bible study resources or gospel tracts to help you evangelize, look at the show notes to find out more.